Hello, welcome to In Bed With Books, the podcast where we talk about smutty fantasy, classics, and more. My name is Melissa. And I'm Bethany. If you'd like to find more of us, you can find us on our website, inbedwithbookspod.com, YouTube for video versions of the podcast, or wherever you pod on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you want to see us outside of the podcast, then head over to Instagram and follow us at InBedWithBooksPod. Thanks for being here. Let's jump right in. This is episode 37, the beginning of season four. Season four. Four. Yeah. It's been a year now. It has officially been a year. Yes. Yes. As of like the very beginning of June was a year since the idea popped into our brains. And we, yeah, and we started recording. Yep. Oh my so, God. Blow out the candle. Yep. The candle. Yep. Um, I also would like to apologize in case at any point you can hear a small kitten and a large cat <laughs> meowing at my door. At night, they like to taunt me, so... Yeah, and I'd like to apologize if you hear a man in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Not suspicious at all. Shuffling or whatever. No. Yes. I mean, you probably heard him. Um, okay. Okay, so how have you been? What's new? Good. I, so much has gone on. I started a new job. I quit my old one. Mm-hmm. And it was such, it's like such a good quitting story too. Yes. Like, I feel like I can safely like talk about it because I'm no longer a part of that place. So, Mm -hmm. um, but it was like, I sent the email, I, the resignation, and then, uh, she reacted terribly and as we all expected. Yes. Because she's, Yep. yep. And, uh, the reason I'm left, um, yep. And then uh, the meeting that the next meeting in the morning, I just laid it all out for, and I just, it was, it was very like cathartic because, you know, everyone, everyone loves a good quitting story. Well, I got to have like a full, like, it felt like an hour, but it was only 10 minutes of just like telling her everything about why um, it was so difficult to work with her. Yeah. Um, From what you've told me it does not sound like someone's genuinely told her before yeah what their problem with her was yeah which is also understandable it's nobody's responsibility yeah but for the person that does it it is very satisfying yes (laughs) yes Yes. and I and I almost felt a responsibility like because I didn't want her to continue doing this to other people and other office managers and stuff so especially the people in that office that you care about yeah exactly yeah yeah and I, and I wrote an exit interview. I've never done that before. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, I, I left emotionally satisfied. You know what I mean? Like when you leave a job and you're like, it's just, it's too much to like get into, get into it with them. Yeah. You, that you just leave, leave amicably and you like move on. But this was like, no, I said it exactly how it was. And I left feeling lighter than ever. It was very great. So that's yeah, how my sure. break went. <laughs> I, so we should have been leaving this house already 
Uh-huh. Like we should have been leaving this. <laughs> Sorry. He's really screaming. Um, I can't hear him. This His voice is so high-pitched anyway. Sorry, this is about the kitten. His voice is so high-pitched, I'm not surprised, but like he loves attention and it's, so that is yeah. another thing that has happened recently. Like um, he loves attention. He loves to be held. He loves to be held like a baby more than once in the last couple of weeks. I've held him like a baby on his back mm-hmm. and he has just passed out. Aww. And he'll let you just like rub his tummy and everything. But that also means that like, when if you've touched him and then you've gone to another room you have betrayed him right so <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse you know yeah. um but we like as a house just kind of realized that a early july late june move out technically late june move out was not gonna be feasible for us because we've all got stuff going on mm-hmm. now at the moment um and so our landlord was amazing and has agreed to go month to month with us for the the next couple of months at least so that we can do this and survive you know the housing market is not pretty at the moment um yeah that is what I'm currently worrying about and then also like worrying about what to do next which I think is kind of figured out at this point but I don't want to say anything I don't want to like jinx anything not like um like for the most part it's yeah yeah Yeah. for the most part it's kind of figured out um but like I'm gonna have to sell change yeah exactly (laughs) things change in either way like I'm gonna have to sell my childhood bed set which I'm currently looking at because and I've been saying this for years and like I feel like I say things and then like it cuts screen like in the movie and then suddenly like the thing that I was asking not to do has happened and I'm standing there like how did this happen yeah um I had like asked my parents to not send me for those of you who don't know, uh, when I first moved here, I had been living with my parents in like the middle of the pandemic because I had just finished grad school over in the UK and I'd moved back and I was like, I, I'll just stay with them for a few months, get my feet on my ground, on the ground and like get everything figured out. And then boom, locked down, stuck with my parents for like six months in a house that is not big enough for the three of us. Um, so when I moved out here to Houston, they somehow pawned off my like childhood like uh what is it dresser and Mm. bed set so it's got like the the headboard matches the dresser which matches the nightstands and it's a really beautiful set I won't deny that but it was made for children and so my clothes don't fit in there I've got clothes in there I've got clothes in the closet and I've got those like shoe organizer things and that is stuffed with more clothes so you have the set now yes Oh, I thought you said that that is what you, I cur- they pawned it off. Onto me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that is something I'm pretty excited about. Getting not a new having set. anymore. <laughs> yes. That's not, yes. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll feel very much grown up probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, definitely. So this season is exciting because for a number of reasons, yeah, I feel like we can kind of talk about the lineup a little bit, just kind of roughly, yeah. and then talk about like some of the bookish episodes, like the topics, like today's because, episode, yeah, like today's. So I thought it, I thought it really was really cool when we were like kind of brainstorming what we should do this season, and it just kind of landed on like this fantasy theme which was like talking about fantasy realms, like today Mm -hmm. talking about magical powers. 
talking about like creatures. Yes. I'm excited um, for that one. Yes. Yeah. And then also authors, maybe that's not specific to fantasy, but I just thought, I was like, gosh, what a cool like theme. Um, we're also going to be reading, I think we're starting with the queen of nothing. We're going to yeah. continue in the plated prisoner series and do gleam. I think that's the second one in guild. I think glint. Oh, fuck. I can't remember <laughs> which one's next. Me either. Maybe this will tell me. Hold on. Nope, it's not going to tell me. The second in the Guild series. Yes. Um, we're also. That's why I'm bad at remembering. Yeah. Series. Series. A lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's another one we're reading? Uh, the Dispossessed. Yes, I'm very excited for that one. Um off the top of my head let me let me pull up the lineup king so of vandal <laughs> king of battle and blood yes which i am excited about yes like right here on my shelf then there is a follower voted which we have not yet voted on yes at, at like, the time literally of this, this week yeah yes so um and then yes the dispossessed now i read this in grad in undergrad I haven't read it since then. So I'm excited to read it again with Melissa because like we're both politically minded and I, and it's like so good. It's, and it's Ursula K. Le Guin and she's just amazing. Kind of on that subject, Mm -hmm. um, on like the subject of sci-fi, I've never read Le Guin. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the same vein of like sci-fi that I feel like is nerd blasphemy to admit I've never seen or experienced i watched blade runner for the first time last weekend oh my god i yes fucking loved it yes okay it was surprising even for me that i haven't watched it because harrison ford i love harrison ford when i was a child i had a crush on harrison ford if that puts anything into perspective for you about (laughs) how much i love that man and i i can't fathom how i hadn't seen it but it's just one of those things it so i watched it it just yeah. slipped it slipped through the cracks and so i watched it for the first time last weekend and i fell in love we need to do a bonus youtube episode on that because i love that absolutely. Movie too. absolutely i, need, I would watch it again um the soundtrack oh my god like tears and rain don't get me started that was beautiful music more than mm-hmm. once so i was watching it with Vinny. Because um, Taylin was gone for a week, Taylin, or for two weeks, actually. She went to a conference in Italy and then spent a week in London. And so Vinny and God I were at home <laughs> sulking. I know we were at home sulking about the fact that like we got left behind. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fair. I get like the grants won't pay for everyone. Yeah. Um, and their friend. <laughs> the yeah, <roommate>. everyone <laughs> and their roommate and their husband. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get that more or less. Um, but even he hadn't seen it. Mm. So we were both like, it. this feels like something we both should have seen. So we watched it. It's also based off the Philip K. Dick do Android stream of Electric Sheep. And so I think we should add that to like our list, our running list of like classics yeah. that we want to read at some point on the podcast. I feel like we've mentioned Philip K. Dick and Vonnegut yes. at some point. Yes. Yeah. Like these sci-fi, oddly enough. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, it's just... 
it, it kind something of goes so, well with fantasy like it, oh it does i yeah i hate the people that think that like they're at odds with each other i'm like no yeah. no they're inherently intertwined because yeah. they they wish for the same thing yeah exactly there there's so much politics to both of them mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. there's so much more you can explore in both of them politically yeah so yeah, yeah. so we're, we're excited about that one mm-hmm. um next we're reading a river enchanted by rebecca ross Ooh. Yes. And then King of Battle and Blood by Scarlet St. Clair. And then what are we ending on, Melissa? <laughs> um, it's so funny you should ask. Um, <laughs> we are going to watch me get just terribly embarrassed on the podcast because we are going to be reading Twilight. Yes. And I've never read it or watched and... the movies. <laughs> that was my you've never even seen the movies that was my cringe era I mean I've seen of them yeah yeah Milo's watched them (laughs) yeah he watched them because there was a period where he didn't have cable and he I don't know it was on or something he was watching it oh that's fair so yeah, so that is yeah. How we're so gonna we're end gonna season. we're gonna start that train. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I think so. That was that's one of the things about how we've done the the seasons in the past is like how we've kind of connected through uh like series of books through seasons of the podcast. Yeah, and what we've landed on this season, which we knew would come eventually, is that we don't have any big series is like any big books i should say that we're reading this season yeah like that are really releasing Um, yeah so we had like yeah like the war of two queens huge release huge book and then we started sky and breath and exactly we started last season with house of sky and breath and then we had crown of gilded bones and so we wanted something that would kind of feel that hype for us yes and (laughs) I have been dying to get you, Bethany, to like read some of the stuff that I read as a kid. If anything, just to really yeah. feel the cringe. It's oh, gonna yeah. be, I promise you, whatever you feel, I feel 10 times worse. Because when I read that as a teenager, yeah, I loved it. Just watch, I'm going to be the Will Forte character in Parks yeah. and Rec that chains himself to the bench like, in yes, her office. Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> it is Twilight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also just watched that episode of Parks and Rec. It's a it's an excellent episode. Yes, I need to we need to rewatch it. We're rewatching The Office right now because mm-hmm. it's just quite relevant. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I I'm like, "Oh my gosh. I always knew Michael Scott was like a thing." but I never knew that it could actually be a real person. Yeah. <laughs> and my boss was very much like so many parallels. I was like, it's hitting so much differently this time I'm watching it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for Parks and Rec though. Cause I haven't watched um, it in a long time. Um, there was a period in our life where we were watching it a lot. So we've watched it a lot. Yeah. And then we were like, Same. okay, we've watched it too much. And so we needed like a healthy separation. And so now I'm excited to break that separation that was me with parks and rec but also i've done that with merlin a few times yeah yeah all right so so that is what our season looks like yes and now excited for the main event
which is this episode. Yes, in bed with Fantasy Realms. Is it Fantasy Realms? Yes, it or is ma- now. Okay, or we Magical Realms. We haven't put realms. it anywhere, so. Yeah, I know. We can, I think we Fantasy can realm, Realms work, yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I, I, fantasy as a word feels prettier than magical. Yeah. And we're I already know. doing magical power, so. Yes. Yes. Okay. In bed with Fantasy Realms. Fantasy Realms. So top of top of your head when you think yes. fantasy realms is Lord of the Rings, I feel like is like probably <laughs> Mine is Harry Potter. Life. Really? Lord, yeah. Yeah. Um but I think we we've had this conversation before because there there were two kind of, I've I feel like there were two bitches. You were either <laughs> an oh, L O T R bitch or your harry potter bitch and i feel yeah. like there i'm i was the last of the L, like the lotr that turned into harry potter because everyone younger than me was super into harry potter like yeah. more so than like my I, generation or like I, my like class or whatever yeah in my time it was kind of like lotr was heavily boys really yeah yeah, yeah. Which I feel like is generally true of high fantasy. Not that it's true, but true of like the perception. Yeah. But I think some of that might have to do with the fact that like Harry Potter was for kids, you know, quote yeah. unquote, it was for babies. And so they had to like Lord of the Rings. And you had, and you had Hermione, you know? Yeah. And she's a girl. Like you don't really and have girls in Lord of the Rings. They don't. Yeah. They don't have girls in Lord of the Rings. It's all knights and it's just heroes. And it's like, yeah. okay. I think that's one of the reasons not that kind of conversation but the fact that it was kind of like the the boys stuff that kept me away from it a little bit right but yeah I think like if you were to think of a fantasy realm generally speaking there's you think of something yeah like you, like when somebody says fantasy realm you don't just think of like of this kind of vague it's got fairies and it's got witches and there's vampires like pretty much everyone like they think of a thing they think of a movie or a film or a book like a world, right? You think of a fantasy yeah. realm, a specific kind of realm. And I think uh, Lord of the Rings sticks out, I th- I think generally because it encapsulates so much of like Anglican traditional folklore in like one. Like you have almost every race. Yeah. And you have, you know, the the politics and all of that and the magic but i think like harry potter feels more whimsical of like kind of a realm yeah, like, to me that, I'm, I'm not trying to say like oh harry potter is not as much of a magical realm i'm just saying like um like in ter- i'm just saying like that just characteristically well, generally yeah. <laughs> like sorry that's what i was gonna bounce off of um because yeah. like tolkien created a world he created languages. He created entire histories oh, that you yeah. can only really read about in the appendices. Whereas, and this is really common in fantasy. So I think as a as an aside, real quick, one thing we're going to kind of talk about here is just how fantasy realms tend to come up within mm-hmm. like fantasy as a genre. And so something that uh, J.K. Rowling does, um, I do want to say... Disclosure. I really hate like disclosure I do not like her I love Harry Potter I am of the school of thought that 
not all art transcends the artist, but she like this is this is one of those cases where like she <laughs> she lost complete control, like creative control of that. The head canons that people have about who's been like who they want to see play like the Marauders is more popular than the Fantastic Beast actual movies. So you want to tell me who has more control of this? It's the fucking fans. It will forever be the fucking fans now. Um, but she created, she did like a pretty typical fantasy thing, which is she created a world that technically exists within our own. Yeah. Um, so like examples of that, regardless of what the creatures are, you've got Twilight, where that's a really common thing for YA and fantasy. It's mm-hmm. this girl living her normal mundane life and one day she wakes up on her 16th birthday and finds out that like she's actually this and there's this whole world you've never discovered um percy jackson is another version of that where he wakes up and he finds out that he's a demigod you know and they have to live this whole new life that's just hidden in the shadows and i think there's definitely merits to both yeah but in terms of like the world that's created there's not as much created at that point there's um this YouTube video I watched that it was like a video essay that talked about two different kinds of like storytelling um, fantasy. And one of them was, I mean, I can't quite remember the correct terminology, but it talks about the difference between hard world building and soft world building. And they use two examples. One of them is Lord of the Rings where you've literally created the world and everything mm-hmm. about it and everything works inside that system. And the the other example they use is Spirited Away, where you have a regular little girl who walks into this, like, so that's, that's why it feels more, it feels more whimsical because it's, it's in contrast to this like normal world. Um, Well, also at the very end, you like the, the normal world exists. Yeah. And in a lot of those stories at the very end, you still exist within that world. Yeah. Like yeah. in Harry Potter, he still goes back at the end yeah. of the books to his old life. Yeah, there's like this separation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you can kind of enter that whimsical space, which, and not to be kind of, I guess, like ageist, if you could, about like soft fantasy, because I love soft fantasy, but that is very engaging for kids, mm-hmm. kids and, and like young adults and teenagers who are into that because but also like looking specifically at children like part of the reason that I loved Percy Jackson when I did was because I was still like still coming out of having just played like make-believe with my friends Mm -hmm. and so you like you go see Harry Potter and then you come home and you pretend that you're like wizards at Hogwarts yeah it's like this familiar it's almost like a familiar thing yeah and so I feel like that is very like reflective of that space you would enter with friends like that that make-believe space you know it's a that's a very magical space for children and it's engaging then to meet characters yes and yeah that are like these friends part of that world yeah and so you're you're like it's one way of basically doing like an rpg you know yeah yeah that's yeah because then you, you exit that space and you are still in like our normal mundane world yeah um, an example of an adult version of soft world building would be um, Neverwhere. I don't think I've read that by one. Neil Ga- Neil Gaiman. 
Yes, I know. I haven't read I it, but I know what you could read about. it. But it's yeah, it's not very. I don't feel like very exciting for them. You would really like it. Neil Gaiman's like a little bit grittier. Yeah, like a friend of my uh, coworker said she read it and she was like, "It was scary." I was like, "Really?" <laughs> yeah, but it's like he's in London and all of a sudden this girl just disappears and they can't figure out why. And it's like you know he lives in the, he works in this like brilliant stupid office and you know and then he enters this underground and it's just really fun i need to read that again i think the thing with like that kind of soft world building when you have it with adults is that you have to give a really good explanation for why that is which is something i feel like i've said on the podcast like before the soft world building like that kind of it's all been there all along and you just haven't seen it yeah I do have a harder time with that now than I used to. And it does bother me because I miss that, like that willingness for my brain to just accept it. Yeah. But adult brains won't do that quite as easily as children's do. Yeah. Um, there was, Ooh, like a film that was kind of like that. I feel like, I feel like I see like an office and it's just going to bother me that I can't think of the film now. But, like, he was mundane and Inception. Mm. Like, that is, I feel like that kind of conspiracy is the closest that adult brains can get to, like, accepting that kind of. Yeah. Like, X-Files, we're just, at the end of every episode, we just assume that whatever hasn't gone and gotten captured is now just roaming the world. You know what I mean? um but on top of it all is the smoking man who's kind of orchestrating things yeah but we can accept that you can accept like a government conspiracy like that and i find myself asking myself like why is it more believable that the smoking man is a singular person who is like influencing world events so far as like a super bowl and as just as much as he's influencing like who's going to be the next leader of russia kind of shit but i can't believe that this bat boy escaped and was never heard from again yeah you know like that's just weird things about the human brain not the human brain the adult brain that i think can make sometimes the soft world building frustrating on like my part yeah yeah tangent tangent yep so we've kind of we've kind of softly separated um realms kind of just kind of from the tops of our heads earlier mm-hmm. which was um like you know your your kind of basic lord of the rings harry potter narnia like the big ones yeah and then you have like fairy worlds yeah then you think, have vampires sorry, was, and werewolves oh go ahead well i was thinking about fairy and i think the reason fairy can kind of fit in its own space different than like vampires and werewolves or witches can is because the lore of fairy is very distinctly that they have their own realm already yeah it's based off of a a code of rules yeah exactly exactly like that is a pre-existing by nature yeah yeah that is a pre-existing thing that like when you're writing fairies or elves within your own um fantasy you're pulling from that thing that already exists so like even the elves in Lord of the Rings hailed from another place. Yeah. And they returned to that place 
I think. Um, they returned to some place. They left Middle Earth um, at the end of Lord of the Rings because they were not of this world. So that's kind of a pre-existing condition of having elves and fairy in fantasy. Yeah. Whereas, because these these like all of these beings aren't mutually exclusive. Yeah. But there's not as many that have their own world already. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like all of the magical creatures that I've read about. I've read a fantasy about angels and demons. And I feel like that falls under the same category because heaven and hell. It exists through, it exists from this like pre-existing system. Exactly. Based off of the fact that they're fae or elf or angel and demon and yeah yeah whereas like witches don't have that like angels don't exist without heaven and hell exactly and elves exactly don't exist without courts <laughs> like yeah exactly exactly or fame. um even so like you've got we've read a few different kinds of fairy things in the podcast and in the book club because we just finished akatar recently and we're about to finish queen of nothing or the cool prince trilogy and both of them have courts. So like mm-hmm. Prithian may not be the land of fairy. Right. But it is still a court land based. Of fairy. <laughs> it is yeah. a land and it is of fairy. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I think fairy kind of stands out as its own thing. And then I would even almost argue that Narnia has some fairy like qualities. Right. And that's all I'll say on that. <laughs> yeah i was gonna i was gonna say there is an element of the fact that in the cruel prince there is the human yeah land where everything's normal like normal Mm -hmm. and same with narnia Um, like prithian there's granted the wall like there's the politics are a little different but like she's still kind of uses the same concept of like there is a very clear division between their worlds yeah um what was I gonna say oh just kind of going back to like also hard world building Game of Thrones yeah that like yeah just an incredibly unique yes incredibly unique and which isn't to say that that Tolkien didn't take from lore but he did create the Hobbit (laughs) yes you know he he created so much he created language all of that Game of Thrones is like yes there's dragons but they have their own like it is characteristics and their own features yeah yeah with its own history and everything like it's not tied into our history at all yeah and one funny thing about hard world building is that it often coincides with medievalism which is that like i mean we all love this yeah that like that use of the knights and kings and queens and courtiers and you got wars where they're fighting fighting with swords and they're on horses and yeah that chivalry all that stuff like we love that we love that shit as humans that's there's a reason that is a constant constant trope that is used yeah um and that's distinct in uh game of thrones yeah exactly in game of thrones and in lord of the rings yeah and so i have no theories for why that is other than like possibly it's just a natural progression of our human interests if it's a hard world to build, we're going to make it sometimes like somehow familiar. 
Yeah. Well, and um, uh, uh, George R. R. Martin took Stark and Lannister from York and Lancaster mm-hmm. of the War of Roses. Um, and then, but what I was going to say is what it's what's so fun about um, A Court of Thorns and Roses is that. I like, like I said, I have, I watched Lord of the Rings before I read it. I watched Game of Thrones before I read the first book. Um, (laughs) I, Lord of the Rings, granted, is very descriptive. Yeah. So it's kind of hard not to get things right. Um, A Court of Thrones and Roses, I'm interested to see how things look and feel and like the aesthetics of it, because it is unclear exactly how modern things are. Like, for example, in the spring court, it feels very like almost early 19th century almost like like it's a manor house yeah yeah um and then it's just very like there's gardens and things like that Mm -hmm. um and but then once you get to the night court she's wearing like sweatpants and you're like what yeah what's going on that was like and there's like um, pubs and from blood and ash yeah when they get to the shower and like they've got electricity and i'm like wait what time is this yeah and I love that these new really popular fantasy authors are doing that because there's been such this like script that's been established by previous like white male Mm -hmm. fantasy creators and I won't shit on those things because we obviously love them. Lord of the Rings is a fucking masterpiece but everything now has to kind of just like recreate that if he wants to be successful but they're doing something new they're making this more clear yeah more relatable yes um i think another one of my theories on like why does hard world building often coincide with medievalism which i guess does kind of bring in the question of are we assuming that like prithian is like is it confusing to us because we're used to hard world building being medievalism sure yeah um but something that we've talked about before is kind of like when you have those stories that feel like they're in the past and it feels like it could be our past you know there's something magic magical about thinking that that isn't as far off Mm -hmm. um like with uh once in future witches yes that's what i was thinking too yes yes and then even the way that lord of the rings ends it is kind of like implied that like with the age of man rising it's like well we are in the age of man yeah Yeah. this like is quote-unquote is i'm not totally delusional i promise people like quote-unquote is our history yeah and so they're kind of pulling away from that which i also like yeah this is its own thing this isn't just a rehashing of something else this is ours what's interesting about akatar and even from blood and ash Mm-hmm. is that they're technically hard world mm-hmm. building mm-hmm. but it has the feeling of a soft world building because we don't know it's fantasy to Feyre yeah until she mentions fairy yes or, yeah and then you're like oh okay maybe I mean obviously going into it you read it's fantasy but when you're actually reading it and then 
goes to the fairy realms and sees magic and all of that. They both have this element of like finding out the truth about yes. the world. Yes, yes. yes. And what's interesting too is is both of these worlds we've talked about where you have hot running water and electricity and yeah. sweatpants and pubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, is that it's it appeals to our comforts. Yes. And I think because they know their reader and they know that we want hot water sometimes. Yeah. Like especially want- if it's romance. You like we need to be clean. Yep. And if we're if we really want to get into like private and public, like this is the private, mm-hmm. like the female protagonist seeking out safety. Yeah. And, and that's not we don't get to see those private things very often in yes. older fantasy, which I think is like we want those creature comforts just as much as we want like the courtiers dancing to the waltz and yeah. having a ball and 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 uh training yeah yeah fighting with swords fighting and doing in battles and yes yeah. and like having just finished silver flames like they didn't know how to do a c section yeah yeah which is crazy but also they've got such advanced technologies in some other ways granted their magic but yeah but i think it also like like leave it to women authors to be like why would they still be suffering about this if they have magic why would they bother to not have like these very easy things if they've got magic they should be eons ahead of us in terms of technology yeah let's say this is all like quote unquote in the past Imagine if we had those things before we did in real life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. our technologies would be so much farther ahead. Because it's not like, like technology is pushed ahead by need. Yeah, it's by necessity. Yeah, exactly. I always thought of if you have magic, you don't need technology as much. It's not as yeah. an, in, inherently needed. And I guess um, when I'm saying technology, I also just mean like, like they've got the fey lights. Yeah. Like yeah. they essentially have electricity. They've just like, got it. Why are they going to go through all of the work of wiring everything up? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Which means they are one step ahead in that like technological yeah. advancement. Yeah. Which is fun. Like, obviously, like, of course they're going to do that. Who would want to wait to do that? Yeah. If, if they can do it by magic, they're going to do it. Yeah. Which... Not to give J.K. Rowling any aggressive uh, kudos, but I think that was something she really nailed in creating the, the magical world in, in Harry Potter. Because you see yeah. the way that like technology and magic can kind of mix. You get newspapers with moving pictures. Yeah. You get the like the kind of differentiation they've got in medicine with like, well, it was a mundane injury, so it can be fixed with a spell. This is a magical injury, so this is going to take longer. Yeah. Um, and so I do think she kind of, yeah, he was already kind of on the, on the money with that one, which yeah. is arguably part of the reason Harry Potter was so successful. Yeah. Cause it was just so fun. Yeah. So fun. 
Yeah. And it solved so many issues that were like, yeah, I would love, I would love, a, even now, Quidditch. this is full. Quidditch is a good example of that. Do you know how many people I would kill? What parts of my body I would sell to have the undetectable extension charm? I yeah. could just get that. I was like, I, I don't even need any other, other magic. If you could just tell me how to do that. Or like the Marauders map. Yeah. So cool. Yes. Yeah. It is very necessity breeding things yeah. yeah uh another world that we've read that i feel like you would probably really like to discuss is rule of wolves oh yes king of scars rule of wolves um because their world almost feels steampunk <laughs> yes yes <laughs> you know like, like vibe yeah um i think okay if we were to like date when that is it's definitely like mid early 20th century maybe late late 19th century yeah um i would argue that it falls under the like sphere of kind of like witch uh based worlds which is not to say it's exclusive to witches but just like that's kind of what our focus is when we're reading those books they they kind of i feel like fall under the the subject of witches the the grisha that's definitely like an, a more modern mm-hmm. way of mixing, again, like mixing technology and magic. And I, f- yeah. oh, I love that. I love that. Um, another woman author. So yeah. obviously women are pioneering this field. Yes. Um, this topic. I think that was the one that had the most explicit mix of magic and technology. Yeah, because we really get- got to see it in action. Yes, especially with like the weaponry and their war. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it was just a battle. It didn't turn into a war, but they they very actively mixed magic with technology. Not only that, but they, which they do in um, in Blood and Ash, it's pretty common, I guess. But the um, breeding, or of like the forget what they're called but they're the ones that like look like bugs they were like oh yeah like really like uh, manipulating mm-hmm. people um with technology and the magic human experimentation yeah the experimentation yeah. um and then also just breeding like or you know orcs and yurikai um mm-hmm. that's not with technology <laughs> um but i thought that was like an interesting like that's how far like to the extent that like Bardugo like was using technology and magic in tandem like mm-hmm. yeah I think that was the most like explicit use of it to you that at least that we've read yeah because especially with with the way they were making those those experiments they um they were doing the like sciency tech version of like making these changes but it actively required people with magic to help. Mm-hmm. They couldn't mm-hmm. do it without that. Yeah. Um, so I really, yeah, I, I did like that. Yeah. Especially kind of going back to what I said at the beginning, sci-fi and fantasy are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. There is a lot of fun to be had by having them be really interchangeable. And this one felt the most sci-fi to me. Yeah. Of the fantasy yeah. I've read. Yeah. Um, and I think that has to do with like the steampunk because I feel like yeah. steampunk is kind of sci-fi territory and medievalism mm-hmm. is 
his fantasy territory like that's yeah. the story we've been told but it was a really fun overlap of those yeah 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 um another one we haven't touched on which i think we should talk about is darker shades yes yes because here we have a world this is definitely soft because we already have an established world which is london and gray london gray london i, I want to say brown <laughs> because um, it i feels brown yeah it feels really brown because <laughs> like that's uh, if, it, if i want to make it gray gray in my head i have to make it really rainy yeah yeah which i'm sure was the the intent but but it's like a dickens like yeah yes like that's kind of what you think of so you're already in the dickens kind of london world and um even though it's like kind of 18th century I think the first scene is Kel is with like King George, you know? So you're like, you already have these, yeah. you already have these um, preconceptions or like already ideas already attached to like what's going mm-hmm. on in the world. So you're not just kind of going blind. They very um, clearly like, here's when it is. Yeah. Here's yeah. the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was more like ma- magic magician. Yeah. Yeah. I would argue too that like, it's a soft world building. Yeah. Even though like it's very clearly a hard world building, there's like that element because you've got uh Lila who when we when we meet Lila, she's just living this really mundane life. And she has the same wish that like all of the kids or all of the girls in YA fantasy do, which is like they want something more. Yeah. They know that like they aren't meant for this provincial life. Um <laughs> just to throw a little bell in there um no biggie but lila is just like that yeah and then she gets it so she leaves what we are very familiar with as as people who engage with media um and enters this new world yeah um yeah yeah i i would classify that as soft yeah, I would like it's it's definitely there's definitely overlap. It's probably like I, there's not expl- like a separate human world, but there is, which is yeah. Grey London, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing is like this is probably both because it does depend on one our understanding of Grey London to understand Lila. But there is very clearly this bigger world that was created with its own rules and its own beings. So I would say this probably falls in both categories, but I don't think that is as common as yeah. it might feel. Yeah. Cause it also didn't have like the same feeling as like Ektarn from Blood and Ash as like having the feel of a soft, right? Because like they're yeah. in a hard world. But yeah. Because they're both like, oblivious to what's going on like lila very much well, knows that there's adventure to be had yeah and i would also argue that like prithian like that is a hard world building yeah yeah so like i think another comparison might be narnia like narnia i think could also fall in both categories because yeah. we very clearly have this this world established but there is so much like like narnia is not just like well you know vampires are real and they exist and they are your neighbor yeah. It's like, no, there's actually a whole other, like, dimension yeah. within your dimension. Yeah. And now you are in it. 
in so like the, neighbors in a different way yeah in the video i remember um like kind of the topic and where it was coming from was like um the way the story also kind of unfolds or like how you would write it right yeah. because like tolkien couldn't start until he had everything kind of together mm -hmm. um and so of course it's very loose and how you want to interpret it and stuff um and but i think spirited away is a really good example because it is like she's discovering it as you go it's just yeah. literally like something just appears out of nowhere that makes sense and yeah. it doesn't have like any it doesn't have any backstory or like history and you're you're able to um experience it and interpret it in any way the viewer wants to or the reader mm -hmm. wants to whereas lord of the rings has this super like imposed like this is where the yeah. dwarves come from and this is what they symbolize and this is who this person came from of gimli of ghibli of yes you know, all these things I, so i would say then still darker shades is probably a hard world building because Kel is for the first book when we're first introduced to all of this the main character yeah and so we get that like we in his world that is the hard world and then number two when it's kind of more focused on Lila is kind of this soft world building yeah. because she's the focus because she's us like she's yes, coming exactly. from the she's world us. we know mm -hmm. and she as as she's discovering more we're discovering more yeah so yeah so yeah. that's why I think I would say that one falls into both but maybe yeah. not so much Narnia then yeah I I don't I I didn't read it I, re I think I read the first one I read the first like three and I watched the movie like once so I'm... I watched all the movies multiple times yes those scores okay ah, we'll go again for another 15 minute yeah, conversation scores. on scores yes um, um so... okay okay yeah the next kind of trope I don't think we've really trope world that we've really touched on is like witches now, which isn't to say, because, right, we're not really talking about creatures and magical powers, but, like, yeah. the kinds of worlds witches are in, yeah. which I feel like, so Serpent and Dove, we read. Mm -hmm. I Once feel like the witches. church <laughs> it does is a big play. part of it. It plays a big Do you part know of it. how much witch stuff I've read? And I wouldn't say the church has always been that integral of, like, a, a component. Yeah. But suddenly I'm noticing that yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, because that's how they were originally like yeah. imposed on yep. women. Was yep. from that place of fear and church versus witches. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So uh, kind of taking a step back real quick. Because yes. you mentioned serpent and dove. And I think that's a good example because when we say like a witch realm or we say like a fairy realm or whatever creature, blah, 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 we also aren't, aren't saying that those are the only ones that are there because obviously they're not. But like the way that we've been introduced to those worlds thus far has been through the, like the lens of a witch. So through Lou or through uh, Juniper and... Um, once in future witches so currently shelby mahurin is writing the sequel series to serpent and dove which is going to be focused on Saley, but 
the main creatures are going to be vampires, actually. From what I've read, I believe. Um, supposed to be really hot. I cannot wait. Yes, you love vampires. I do love vampires. I'm very excited for that. I, f- I love, I love, <clears throat> real quick, I just love, yes. like, how contrast we are. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, I I mean, I wouldn't say I've read all of the fantasy and I can make like a conclusive decision, but I think I can make a conclusive decision based off of the series I have read, which is yeah. that I, I tend to like fairy, I mm-hmm. think, I think. And what else do I like? I mean, I just like, I like whimsy. Yeah. Um, You like the darker stuff. Like you really yeah. like the, you really liked From Blood and Ash, which was, you know, um, blood <laughs> yeah it has a right it has of the name blood sex so the funny thing is i don't really like horror right but i think i like heavy yes yeah yeah and like slightly gothic feeling yes gothic is a good yeah. word for it yeah um but i like like i really like also like the intensity of fairy yeah you know yeah, like you do. I, I don't know I haven't thought a lot about it, but I just realized, I mean, I feel like it's pretty apparent that you, the things like you gravitate towards and the things I gravitate towards are so different. It's fun. We're very complimentary. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you're excited for that to come out? I am excited. We'll um, have to read it for the podcast. Definitely. Yeah. I've, I felt like that went without I mean, saying. We're, we're following the, we're, we're just going to follow the authors <laughs> to the yeah, end. <laughs> pretty much. They are stuck with us now. Okay, so uh, witches. One element that I think is pretty common in like the kind of realms where witches are the focus is that in a different way than fairy, although I have seen crossover before. And so I think there is a connection, but just kind of differently is that like set of rules. Mm -hmm. The magic really has to follow what we understand to be like the laws of physics yeah and not strictly and like it doesn't have to be limited by the laws of physics Mm -hmm. but the way that the magic is used and the intensity or the difficulty has to follow it so like in harry potter the first spell they learn is just how to levitate things that is a very simple kind of you just have to like something just lifts off the ground or off the table um that the leviosa yeah not leviosa or leviosa not leviosa yes (laughs) um i don't even want to see the face that i just made doing that (laughs) (laughs) i will not be watching this episode i didn't see it so i'll have to rewatch it (laughs) okay well let me know um yeah so the first spell they learn and then even as harry potter and like the trio are going through they're schooling all seven years, all six years, and then seventh they're away, but all six years is it's very clear that there is a progression that they have to go through of like difficulty. Yeah. It's not just that like they wake up, they go to their first year at Hogwarts and they're operating. Cause yeah. that's that's difficult. They're transporting basically. Yeah. Which like thinking about sci-fi, it's a great idea in sci-fi. But the literal, like, application of something like that is so difficult because 
of like the the physics behind it like it's yeah. the reason we haven't figured it out is because there's it's not just like closing yeah. us in one spot and opening us up in the next spot like there's yeah. millions and billions and trillions of cells in our body that have to go through that yeah and so i kind of like that harry potter is an example of that um or like let's see here once in future witches when we were reading that one juniper was really good because she was always practicing she was yeah. like i am a witch i do this this is what i know whereas her sisters were rusty and they kind of had to get back into it like it wasn't something that they just automatically knew how to do and so i i, I feel like that kind of element of you need to practice is really great in yeah. like these kinds of universes yeah i like um so I don't want to get too much into it because I do want to save like Serpent and Dove, the, like kind of this discussion around their power because I think in Serpent and Dove, yeah. it's it's expressed so greatly, like just perfectly. Mm -hmm. Like there's explicit scenes that show the cost of magic. Yeah. Um, and so I want to talk about that in our magical powers. But about Serpent and Dove, I think what's interesting is you have... I feel like you have witches kind of have to exist in our worlds. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I haven't really all of, from all of the ones that we, all of the witches that we've, the books that we've <laughs> been yes. talking about and the witches, um, like they've all kind of existed in a world we understand, like our world, like Harry Potter and uh, <clears throat> uh, the <throat> Once and Future Witches specifically was um, done during the suffrage movement. And um, Serpent and Dove was kind of in the in place of like, it was like in a French made up city. Yeah. But it had a church structure and it had like, the city structure it felt like it was supposed to be paris really yeah i feel like maybe not in our world but it has to, like witches cannot exist on their own right and they um, need nature which is yes yes so like they exist exclusive. in certain not not in certain well yes in the, but like crescent city yeah because like hypoxia comes from a line of witches of a clan of witches but a coven technically a coven of witches but she does not exist alone. She exists within a, a community of fae and mer people and lizard people and asteri yeah. and angels and yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, like they can't really exist on their own. But I think that does have a lot to do with the fact that in our world, like the origin of the idea of a witch was that it was in your community. Yes, yes. Hit, they were like yeah ex coexisting even if you had the stories of like they lived in the forest in a cabin that was still a real woman who was actually a part of your community yeah so kind of as the like the opposite side of fairy exists within this system this this mythological almost isolated yeah this folkloric system where they have their own worlds whereas witches as a figure exist as this like lump in the night yeah. exactly exactly yeah and so they can't which is, be on their sorry. own no go yes. ahead which is kind of why vampires and werewolves work really well mm -hmm. because that's also how they came about 
yeah they kind of the they, full core they, of it was they popped they, they, they popped up in the same areas around the same time they yeah they aren't always together in lore but i feel right. like they as figures exist they kind of touch on the same fears yes um that kind of like you as a human you know you're not a witch and so you don't you don't have to worry about you becoming a witch one day but you yeah. could worry about yourself rising from the dead yeah and becoming an undead or you could worry about yourself falling in love with the moon and and falling subject to that so those are things that could be perpetrated upon you and that yeah. is another okay that's actually a conversation for the powers no right yeah no no it's good <laughs> i was I'm about to like get into like a creature's take, thing take notes and we'll, <clears throat> we'll discuss it because i'm yes. excited about it yeah um so i guess with witches if we're gonna as a as one of my final thoughts on that um another soft world building kind of yeah this is a soft no it's a hard world building it's an inverted soft no i don't know it is a it's a never hard um yep <laughs> um is the hollows mm. so that is one of those fantasy where it's like an alternate timeline right um and that's focused on rachel morgan one of my favorite characters who is a witch but that's another instance of she does not exist in a world where there are only witches i guess that is curious about once in future witches that is a good example of they don't really have magical creatures. Well, they did. Because the three witches, when they the find birds. the tower. They the when owl. they find the tower, the the three sisters that aren't actually sisters, they find out. One of them has, like, horns. But I think it was it was Gretel because of all the magic she had done. Uh-huh. And so it, like, changed her. So I guess that is. I, I think she's not a specific creature, but a kind of, like, variation. Um, okay, sorry. Tangent. <laughs> sorry. Um, but yeah, so like Rachel Morgan is a witch, but she lives with a pixie and with a vampire. And she at some point joins a pack to help a werewolf insurance agent. Um, she knows elves and demons. So like all of these things are coexisting kind of on the subject of like angels and demons and the origins being influenced again on like those realms in the hollows they've got demons but and i want to say they have christianity we don't really interact with many humans so it's hard to say specifically off the top of my head but they don't have angels right and the demons don't come from hell they come from like this kind of like the upside down like this mirror dimension interesting yeah yeah okay um that is akin to hell i would say like it's all dry and it's super hot and yeah. when the sun goes down in their realm um these like demon not demons but, like these demon dog things come out and they'll eat anything including demons Man. so it is just like hell adjacent yeah. but it's not hell but right. okay tangent to my tangent to no my you're tangent. good you're excited yes. I'm, I'm happy for you this is good <laughs> well i get to talk about like all of the fantasy that i love right yeah. now which is dangerous territory yes um so okay. that kind of touches on urban fantasy oh yes so i mean it is urban fantasy but like yeah that's kind of what's really cool about akatar and crescent city is that where you would get to see the marriage of that yes and realize yes. it's from the, the same world so 
I'm going to have a little tangent about a read that I read that you have not read that I think you would like. Um, And it's the, the lost queen by Signe Pike. Okay. And it's about Scottish. It's about Merlin. Although his his name's not Merlin because that was what the monks called him. And it was, it's, it's based off of her own historical research but what I love about it is she, in the afterward, she writes this like little section about how, because there is magic in it, which mm-hmm. is supposed to be, I mean, you tell me, right? It's the, the Druids, right? Like the, yeah. they don't, they didn't call it Druids in the book, but um, it's, I haven't read it in a while, but. Um, no, you're good. You're good. There's rituals. And, mm-hmm. um, there's this scene where his name's Lelican and he's the Merlin, he's the wizard, the druid, um, they call him something and then I can't remember. Um, and he goes on this, uh, not quest, but he, the, the, the right that he needs to go on in order to like become what he needs to become. And so he goes to this like underground stone like structure and that's where all of the like mages i'll just call them mages go yeah and they eat this mushroom hell yeah they um they have a spiritual experience Mm -hmm. so this afterward that she writes talks about how if i if this was about christianity people would see that as like a spiritual like experience Mm -hmm. but if this was real to him you know like yeah. no one would call that magic, you know? Yeah. Or like people would believe that. And so it's like, yeah. it's kind of this, like. Nobody would call that fantasy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So a part of her was like kind of taking from, she was trying to write it in a way that was like, this is their experience. And so when they are doing something that like she sees uh, this deer and believes it's her mother and it the way it's not how that sounds it's like when she sees it she knows it's her mother like in a you dream know? yeah no like, like in, a in dream. real yeah no, yeah no, no. but like when you're in a dream and like you're like oh I'm I'm at the water park but like you're not yeah <laughs> yeah but so so everything that happens happens in this like kind of magical way that makes I guess makes makes it feel like there's powers at work yeah um which I guess nowadays we would think of like oh it was all like kind of psychological or whatever but it wasn't to them and so it feels very magical which I fucking loved because it felt so also so rooted in history I'm losing Mm -hmm. my breath it was so, <laughs> you're just so excited I am I am yeah. it was so rooted in history that I felt incredibly connected to it because it nice. was so like it was so easy to believe it mm-hmm. and believe that that was actually how it was because it well because it was actually how it was for them yeah like that, like that's that a, is truth you know that's another thing too is like when you have what could be deemed as like soft world building you have to be very explicit about what's happening 
about like that that there is no liminal space between the mundane world and them entering this magical space um like harry potter he would go through the door at nine platform nine and three quarters and he has entered the magical realm Mm -hmm. granted he can do magic outside of that but you can't have a separation like you can't have like a a gray area between those two things because in like human like adult brains are like well you know you can explain it away yeah exactly we could just say this so it is a ballsy move to do that and i respect it yeah because it's also like strange things happen all the time it is natural for the human brain to rationalize those things you know yeah so to to also argue that like there's magic within these normal yeah experiences is yeah like it was fun. um the magic played a role mm-hmm. in how the plot moved forward and how the people why the people did the things that they did yeah rather than it be this accessory of their psychological experience yeah right yeah and I, that's what i really loved about it it felt like a player it felt there was like a strong presence of it it didn't feel like a historical like uh fiction mm-hmm. it did still f- which some i guess some people could probably read it that way i didn't <laughs> okay that's fair, <laughs> like that's fair. i feel like she tried to make it feel very magical well also if you're using a figure that is meant to represent merlin yes then yeah like, you kind of go saying, into like, it with yeah, yeah exactly exactly like you can she could make it as mundane as she wants and it would still read as magic just because of who it is yeah yeah okay so quick note i do think we should just fucking do it and we should read kim harrison for the podcast (laughs) and we should read the lost queen you know like like one uh you know one a season or one yes yes to a season or something yes because there's so many you were waiting for permission weren't you <laughs> i mean i wasn't gonna make you i wanted it to be entirely your decision well yeah I because mean, I, I would i i obviously was was gonna say yes so i didn't want you to think that i was like we should read this with, we should we should definitely read this for the podcast. No, yeah we it's, should, it's like yeah. your favorite and i want to i'm i feel like it fits with our thank podcast you thank so that you it's, well that it's uh also uh sexy it is yes yeah i'm, I'm ready for it this I one do remember, is kind of sexy too. Okay, good, good. A yeah, little bit. I remember reading it as a teenager and being like, I can't tell my mom what this book is. <laughs> you're like, you're like, <laughs> like, what's like it about? <laughs> oh, wishes? Uh, yeah. There's a little pixie. There's a little Tinkerbell. And then she'd be like, oh, yeah, how cute. And then he cusses, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that's exciting. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Okay. okay. I didn't know because I, I, I didn't know you would you wanted to I thought maybe you thought it wasn't like as big of a series or whatever like but I'm at the point where we're like established enough in terms of like what our genre is and it would be silly not to and we should just read what we enjoy you know agreed is there anything we are I mean we kind of also I mean we knew it was going to overlap a bit yeah um because I think creatures like witches would probably go under that and mm-hmm. and i think like, like that, when but... we talk about creatures we're going to kind of get into the details of like well here's how i've seen them portrayed yeah. here's what i like yeah. yeah 
Okay. I'm thinking now about like Twilight and when he's because it's like a new take on vampires and he's like, this is the skin of a killer, Bella, and he sparkles. <laughs> what? What does that mean? He sparkles. The werewolf or the vampire? The vampire. That's why vampires can't go into the sun. Because they sparkle and it would give it away. Oh, they won't burn? They won't burn. They sparkle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm so sparkle. ready. I'm so ready for you. I'm ready for me. Okay, so I feel like we've covered yeah. a lot of ground. We did. I really, I'm really glad I remembered that video. I'll send it yeah. to you. It's just like, you know, 15 minutes. No, and I, I like refer to it all of the time, like in my mind. So it's mm-hmm. just like one of those movies that's really stuck. Um, yeah, I liked, I liked this because like, it was kind of fun to see how much of it overlaps, like in that context mm-hmm. of soft and hard, that was kind yeah. of a fun way to like, look at it. I definitely prefer hard. Yeah. I, th- I think you do too. I prefer, <laughs> I prefer soft. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally. <laughs> it, it lends itself to character growth that I like. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my thing. Uh, hard, um, lends itself to politics and yes, things like that. So mm-hmm. that's why yeah. like Bardugo works really well for you. I think mm-hmm. Bardugo is definitely a hard, definitely a yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then let's see. I do think that I enjoy soft when it comes to like more adult soft now, mm-hmm. just because of my too analytical brain that doesn't always let me enjoy things that are a little too like look at all this stuff it was all hidden you can see it now yeah yeah which will bother me until i die but (laughs) but when i'm trying to like get into like the fantasy brain i need it to just be established you really enjoyed bardugo i think more than i did yeah um because for me, it was a lot to digest. Yeah, my my fair. simple little brain <laughs> just like, was like, <laughs> can we just walk in and learn it as we go? But it was like, yeah. To be fair, though, it was a series that we, was yeah, a tag along were... of an already yes. established like series. So, yeah. um, but uh, I'm I'm also in the phase in my fantasy journey yeah. of like that of like. I want to be the teenager, like learning everything as we go and like watching the so, world unfold. Like if we are Akatar and Crescent City, you're Akatar and I'm Crescent City. Yeah, I love Crescent City. You loved that more than Akatar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of that, one, it's because I, I'm realizing I enjoy urban fantasy a lot more than I originally thought. Yeah. But also because it was just this great, huge world that we get to keep learning about. Yeah. Um, there's something new every book that we yeah. get to experience. Yeah. Yeah. And and kind of what's fun for Akatar is that now we're gonna get we're getting into like different POVs, which I yes. like. Yes. Because there's so many characters that that like you love. And mm-hmm. you're like, but I want to hear it from them. Like, like I want to hear from Elaine. I want to hear from Azrael. I want to hear from, you know, Gwen, stuff like that. I think part of the reason also that I enjoyed Silver Flame so much more than the previous books 
is because it's all established. Yeah. By this point in the series, it is a hard world building. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's also just a a better book. Yeah. It is. They she and like I said, like, she just they get better. Exactly. All because the author do gets that. better. Yeah. Yep. You, you yep. told me that. And I was like, that makes sense. You know, when I was rereading Actar, I was like, eh. <laughs> like, Mist, like Mist and Fury is pretty good. Yeah. But Silver Flames shoots it out of the water. That and yeah. Earth and Blood, because Earth and Blood, oh, yeah. I like better than Sky and Breath. Just structurally, yeah. it's more enjoyable to read. I it was for me. I think um, this, yeah. like Earth and Blood was a very classic story arc. Yeah, yeah, and um, that was a lot for me to take in too. That was probably one of the most intense. Book. Like the system was. Yeah, that's hard all the way. Yeah. Um. So, um, like that was like one of the things they said like online and stuff about it was that oh, there's like there's just a lot of world building you have to kind of get through. Um, and I mean, arguably with like the first one versus the second one, that's why the first one had such a classic story arc. Yeah. Because it was intertwined with all of that world building. Like she couldn't just feed us yeah. all of this action at the same time that she's giving yeah. us all of this information. And so that's why I think number two had such a different structure. Yeah. And that was another thing she talked about in her, like one of the podcasts was, the second book and how difficult it is to write a second book and like what yeah. that's going to look like. Um, and then, and then the third and then the fourth, yep. like, and how, uh, you know, you kind of have to like keep things going. And like, because she's crossing over these two series, number two for Crescent's like House of Sky and Breath is kind of like an incomplete arc. I mean, it was left at a cliffhanger. She's not the mm-hmm. only one to do a cliffhanger. So I'm not saying that it was like- That's why book. she did it. I think she said yeah. it has to because have Because like she's, she's setting up for this, this crossover. And that's so now imperative to the plot that she can't complete that without also establishing, like just by the nature of where the story is going, it had to end. It had to go that direction, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. for my like anxiety. But- um. Okay, now that we've continued, <laughs> kept on going. Yep. Um, if you'd like to hear more on our thoughts about this, then you should listen to our bonus episode that we released a few weeks back. It is about Akatar, and we involuntarily sent ourselves into a Akatar house of sky and breath, like you do. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah. So, but what are we reading next week, Melissa? Next week, we are going to be talking about Queen of Nothing by Holly Black, which I am extremely excited for. Yes, the conclusion of Folk of the Air series. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't listened to A Curl Prince or The Wicked King, you should go and do that. And we will see you next week when we talk about the Queen of Nothing. Yes. Yes. This is probably one of my favorite series about like fairy, mm-hmm. fae folk. Yeah, so. it's really good. Yeah. I'm excited. Okay. I guess like a very classic stylization yes. of it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Until okay. next week. Yep. Happy reading. Happy reading. Bye. Bye.
Okay. I'm going to sit on my leg real quick. And then. Oh, it's really warm in here. I've got the fan going still. That thing's never going to turn off. I'm not. I refuse. <laughs> it's on 24-7. Yeah. <laughs>